John, it was Macworld this week, and apparently it's in your town, and you didn't even notice. I know. How surprising is that? I mean, Macworld took over my existence for several months on on multiple years while I was doing Memory Miner, and uh, now it's like I haven't thought about it in years. It's sad. So for you feel for companies like your pot of now Findery that things like Macworld are not relevant. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the last time I went, which was a couple of years ago, it was a fun kind of event for for people who are Mac fans. But in terms of kind of launching a product, I don't think it's had much relevance for years. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, uh, Macworld used to have huge, huge notice because it was traditionally the product launch. Um, I think was it was it the last Macworld that that um, Apple did where they launched the MacBook Air? Was that the last one? I can't remember. Um, but that was launched there and, and, and things were there. But then Apple pulled out of that and everyone said, would it keep going? And it's obviously kept going. And um, just following Twitter this week, a lot of the names that you would expect to be there, the Mac Press and, um, uh, you know, the sort of a lot of the Mac podcasters are all there. But, you know, maybe it's become in many ways more of a, a social meetup around the industry there than a, an announcement place. I think that's exactly it. It'd be interesting though. I mean, uh, maybe if you're a listener to this podcast and you're a developer and you um, uh, displayed at Macworld, uh, we'd like to, to know all about it and, and see what your experience was. I remember a few years ago, um, I interviewed Paul Kafasis of um, Rogue Amoeba. Amoeba. Yeah, uh, about their Macworld, and uh, they sort of had uh, a sort of 10 by 10 stand type of setup. And I think we also interviewed Jonathan Freeman, who had one of the sort of, you know, um, developer pods, which was about 10 by 10 inches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, in there, but it's, it's like I've not even heard anybody say anything about it. Um, I don't even think I received an email this year um, about, you know, as developers, would we want to to promote so it'll be interesting to see maybe i'll need to find out someone who was actually there and, and get on but it's just interesting how the industry has changed there indeed indeed i guess that i i think it's it's finally safe to say that this this thing called the internet may be big one day and may kind of replace people going to a physical location to find out about things and to to discuss things and to be social do you think though i mean because we were talking last week about ns conference and how actually the physical was still really important Absolutely. Um, because we talk every week and, and that's great. And we, we, you know, we chat a little bit by email now and again, you know, but to actually just, uh, in fact, we didn't actually spend that much time talking to each other at this conference because we were both too busy with other people. But just being in the same location was important. Um, so maybe Macworld still holds its importance because certain companies within the Macworld, maybe the Mac press themselves, maybe it's important for their sense of community that Macworld continues, even if you know, other people don't see it has value. Maybe it's it's more of a close community thing. Well, I think so. And I think, you know, in general, you have to, you have to figure out how to look at every situation and put it to your advantage. Because, you know, if you, when, when I launched Memory Miner, I was literally as far to the, I could, push out my hand and touch the far wall of Moscone. I was, you know, so I turned it into a joke. I mean, when I, on the website, you know, Robert Anderson made me this nice uh, promotional graphic where we took the map of, of the, the exhibitor map and, and, and basically said, go in, ignore all that big Apple booth, turn left and go see something really cool and new. And that, that technique actually worked. And I think similarly these days, if you've been going, 
the, the, the common wisdom is, oh, well, Macworld's completely unimportant. There'll be nobody there. But if you do actually show up, then you, you have, you know, much, much greater access to the people that are there. So, you know, I shouldn't be so quick to say that, it, that it's unimportant. I think that it, it's just, it's certainly not, it's not the only mechanism that, that, that one had to, to make a big splash launch, um, as it was, as was the case some time ago. And I, as I said, you just kind of look at the situation and figure out if people are zigging, how do you zag and, and, and do something clever? And I guess we mustn't exclude as well that Macworld wasn't only ever the expo. It was, it was a, it was a conference for Mac users where there were lots of sessions, lots of tips and tricks, and um, you know. So maybe just because we don't hear so much about it as non-attenders, because the expo and the product announcements are gone. But you know, I don't know. Maybe thousands of people are still going and and having their conferences, Mac users, just like we have conferences, developers. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, John, I've been going through a whole bunch of this stuff this week about um, uh, sort of engineer versus businessman type of type of stuff. Uh, I've bought an application, um, which I can't talk about yet because we haven't done the public announcement, but you know, it's got a quite an old code base. There's code in there going back to probably sort of 10.4, 10.5 time. Wait, you yeah, bought you bought Avtag? No, there's nothing there to buy. In fact, okay, okay. Let's 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 get to this straight away because um, I think we need some encouragement. I had lunch with Simon Wolf today. Uh, okay, because uh, he came down very nice of him because it's my birthday today, so we come down to say happy, happy birthday. birthday. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, that's right. It's your birthday today. It is because April Fool's Day is the appropriate day for me to have a birthday. Um, so I, I have to be nice to him because he came down to 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 have lunch with me and everything and. You know, uh, we've set him a deadline, which I think it'd be unfair for me to say live on air. But actually, um, well, just yeah, tell for, me what it is, and I'll say it. Yeah, I might do that off air. Then it's up to you to say it later on. Uh, but it's uh, and myself and uh, Matt Tancock, who you know, were having lunch with him, and I actually, for a reason I'm not going to know, had a set of knives with me. <laughs> <laughs> This story gets more surreal by the moment, uh, which if he doesn't reach this deadline, we've promised we will use in unpleasant ways <laughs> on him. So if you've been sat there waiting for a long time for Avtag, and also, John, remember what we discussed at NS Conference about the um, the raw replacement? Yes. Don't, don't say it, the raw replacement. Okay, I, I've told myself, if he doesn't reach this deadline, which isn't very long, then the raw replacement will come in. Okay. So <laughs> it's... Um, uh, if you people out there, if you uh, if you know and love Simon, then you need to give him real encouragement to meet his new deadline because he really doesn't want the raw replacement or the knives. So, yes, um, he doesn't want to walk around with his ghoulies lopped off. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, anyway, so where was I? Oh, yeah, so no, I didn't buy the Avtag code base. Um, you know, I, no, I'm going to re- avoid the remark about there not being enough to buy, but there we go. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, code base in there and obviously this this the reason this app was for sale is because the developer hadn't had really much time to work on it so you know I think the last time the app had an update was probably about a year ago the last time I had a serious update was probably sort of two years ago and uh, you know there's a real mix of four or five years worth of code in there and it's using some third-party frameworks which are now sort of you know the versions it's using are well out of date and and, and, you know, I'm going through this battle at the moment of everything within me says rewrite it and everything business-wise is saying don't be an idiot. And, and every time you touch code, you're thinking, oh, I could just rewrite this code faster and, and, and do this sort of uh, stuff. So I've sort of come to this 
happy, well, I don't know if it's going to be happy, this happy medium of I'm going to do what I'm calling a controlled migration, whereas I've started file new projects and I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to write the app from scratch. I'm going to uh, move the code from one project to another and clean up what needs cleaning up it goes. But that means every piece of code will go through my 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 uh, a scan. Every piece of code will get refactored where it needs to get refactored. Every library will either be replaced or or get um, uh, you know updated as as appropriate. So that come the end of the process, uh, we'll just use the zips exactly as they are right now, um, and, and but rehook them and everything like that. Uh, but every you know, come the end of that process, which I think is probably going to take me two or three weeks to do. Um, it's, uh, uh, that's two or three weeks if I did constant time. Elapsed ah. time will be different. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not talking elapsed time. All right. Um, uh, it's, it's a case of, you know, firstly, I'm going to know the code base I'm now working on, the code base I can have confidence in to change. Maybe I'll put some tests in as I go. Um, so this is your opportunity to tell me now, John, am I a genius or am I an idiot? I think you're a genius. Um, I think that... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's cool. I like yeah. being a genius. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's probably the only smart way to do it. I mean, you have to know what's in there, but I think you will be curious to see um, uh, as you're moving the code over, uh, you know, will you move it over and factor it as you really do it, or will you kind of try to get everything over to a new project, get it to compile, and then go back and decide what to to, to redo? No, every, every piece of code as it comes in will be sort of refactored, rewritten if it's really essential, updated if it's a third party library, and decide to use the library or replace it. So it will be as it comes. So once it's in there, um, it's it's done. It's not a case of just copying everything over and then doing it. It's a you know, anything that you find in that project on any morning that you open it up should be good code that is going to be now staying in that project. And compile with zero warnings at all moments? Zero warnings other than... Um, deprecations, you'll let deprecate, that... De I'll allow deprecations. Yeah, this this is the whole debate again now that I think the application currently supports, I can't remember if it's 10.5 or 10.6, and myself and the person who, who are working on this app, who have, you know, we're going through the whole... You know, do we now just go straight for ten point nine? Do we just up to, to say ten point seven? Uh, do we leave it exactly as it is so we can get a, a a sort of bug fix release out for all the existing users before we change anything? And it just yeah, there's just too many questions to answer, really. Mm. Well, as you struggle through them, it will provide some very interesting fodder, especially since you'll probably end up making a release before Simon does. Well, we did set that challenge just lunchtime <laughs> as well, but there we are. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because you do things like you, you, I mean, one of the first things I did when I got it to build, I think the application had um, some like 600 warnings in it or something. <laughs> um, and some of that was, you know, a lot of that was deprecations. A lot of it was saying that, you know, like you're still using an int here instead of NS integer. Mm -hmm. Um and you, you know, in theory, you go through and you just replace the ints with an integer. But then you find some code that's sort of doing pointer math. And now, because it's using thirty-two bit integers instead of sixteen bit integers or whatever, it's you know, it's all broken and all this sort of stuff. So you know, it's not ever quite as simple as you, as you think. So even though in theory I went through and um, cleaned up these warnings in in you know maybe a day, day and a half or something. Um, yeah, once I'd finished cleaning up the warnings, up the app didn't work at all. Yeah. Uh, be careful. Partly, yeah, I mean, I, I firstly I did it as a splurge. I purposely sort of took a branch of the 
of the application and said, right, I'm just going to go through here and fix the warnings exactly as the compiler's telling me they need to be fixed. You know, changing all the formats in format strings, changing to use NSinteger when you should be, you know, when it's using ints and all that sort of stuff and just see what happens. Um, uh, I, some of the deprecations, um, if there was an obvious change, an obvious fit based on, um, I think I chose 10.7 at the time, to, to work to then did that sort of thing but it it's it it wasn't that simple it did just break now um it's uh yeah but it's it's one of these uh technical challenges isn't it of weighing up you know because you know what was the point of buying it if i'm going to totally rewrite it you know what i mean there are other you know i guess business benefits around it as well um but you know this whole and you know going almost back to dictator designer engineer you know you asked last week where does the businessman come into that equation as well? And when you're doing it, sort of one or two of you, you know, wrestling with yourself is never easy because you can always justify to yourself anything you want to justify depending on what mood you're in that day. Mm. Well, so, 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 so uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. So I'm guessing that um, right now, Memory Miner probably has code about that old in it as well in some places. Oh, absolutely. That's roughly when you started. I mean, you know, uh, I'm guessing because you wrote the code, you have a different feeling about it. You may not like it being that old code, but because it's your old code, it's different to somebody else's old code. But, you know, and I know you're not really doing that much on Memory Miner all the time right now, but how did you sort of wrestle with that over new features, over just continuing what you're doing, realizing that sometimes you're building on a, you know, a, a mound of sand instead of, a, you know, something firm and solid, but to go back and change it is too hard. How did you sort of wrestle with those things for yourself? Um, it was wrestle is, is the right word for it because I, I tried to basically keep in mind would the would the would the end user see a benefit right away you know and I think that's what it came down to I mean a, a perfect example is is the the contact sheet you know back before there was a image IO kit and uh, the UI image no UI imagery you know the the the, the 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 grid view that exists in in, in Mac OS for for images in particular. Um, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time working on it, and I was really proud to have done it. And and I'd worked on other projects where I just said, "Well, I should use my own stuff." And then I said, "No, I should use what Apple gives me." And there's a couple of things that 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 my code uh, did that Apple's doesn't. And it wasn't clear to me whether I could make those critical things work with Apple's code. Um, but even so, my decision to leave it alone was what would give the best, greatest benefit to the end user. Because if if you if you you know, no, no end user buys things and like, oh, I bought the app because I, I just know the code is clean. They don't, you know, it, it's not on the spectrum, the other side of the spectrum, it takes you forever to get anything done because you're const constantly dealing with, with making old, old, old code work in a new environment. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, there is lots of cold, uh, old, old code in there. And I don't think old code by itself is, is necessarily bad. I mean, it's like, you know, how old are the foundation class methods? Well, so it, it really depends. But I think the other thing that you pointed out is because it's my code. I, I you know, I can I can ask the idiot who wrote it, um, and at, at any time. And I think that that would that's the critical difference. If it's somebody else's, it's either you spend the time to understand it, or you understand at least what it does, and then rewrite it in a way that that's more modern. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think we probably. It's something that uh, a lot of us have to, to battle with. And that's where sometimes having a boss, um, a manager who just says, no, this is what we're supporting. This is what we're not supporting. We have the business cases for it. You know, as an engineer, that's what you and I do. Is um, it, it can be beneficial providing the, uh, you know, the manager just has enough engineering understanding to understand the consequences of what they're saying. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, let's uh, quickly talk about our show sponsors. Um, the guys from Martian Craft uh, sponsored us once again with their product briefs, which you can find at giveabrief.com. Now, I mean, if you listen to this show regularly, you know all about briefs by now. And so, you know, um, just go and check it out if you haven't done already. Um, I know a number of you are. I was speaking to Rob Ryan at NS Conference and he said, you know, they're definitely seeing um, some effect from what we're doing, which is which is cool. So thank you very much for those who are, are checking it out and downloading it and, and even buying it. So if you haven't got that far yet or you've been skipping these ads the last uh, few weeks or... Um, this is your first time listening, then Briefs is a Mac application that allows you to uh, mock up your, your application, but not just visually, but it's interaction as well. So you can create the links between different screens and, and the way the application is going to flow. And then you can load that mock up uh, onto a physical device and put it in the hand of your user or your tester or whoever it is, your designer, whoever you might want to do, and have them firstly see the application and what it's going to look like when it's on the device, but equally get the sense of how it's going to work, how it's going to flow, how the workflow between screens is going to be. Um, and that stuff is, for very few people have a skill, I believe, of being able to uh, know what that's going to be like and how it's going to feel like from just looking at Photoshop mock-ups. It, you know, getting it in your hand um, is really important. And I think if you have any way of working this way um, on anything you're doing, then you really, it's, it, I can't think of a better way of doing it. I know some workflows just will not allow this way, but if you can work this way, um, get your designer to work with you on this way, um, then you know you could discover things that cost you a lot more to fix later on when you realize your flow is wrong so you can download a, a free trial um i think if you want to buy it it's 199 bucks which i get you know in, in developer time and costs of redoing things is absolute peanuts um and again we say this quite regularly we congratulate them on charging a proper price for a decent developer tool uh, instead of being in the rush to the bottom. So we want to thank the guys at Martian Crafts for supporting us and um, allowing Briefs to be the sponsor. That's giveabrief.com. Please go check it out. Briefs, make your app flow smooth like Snoop Dogg. There we go. There's the new tagline. John, why don't they get you to market for them? I mean, you know, sales would, would, would just soar, basically. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, I Mr. Don't know. You wanted to take no, us no. somewhere? No, no. I have somewhere else to take us? No, if you, you take us. You, I was saying, where's next? I don't know if you saw this during the week, and I may get some of the facts wrong because I've not researched it, but that's never going to stop me talking about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a conference talk in Austria at the beginning of the month, and they said, we want an introduction, um, uh, you know, to say something to say about you. And uh, I think my response was, uh, the longer I develop, the less I the less I realise I understand, but the more I want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> there we are. Um, so here we go. Uh, I think, if I remember rightly, Drew McCormack uh, raised this point on Twitter uh, during the week. He was a speaker at uh, NS Conference that um, QT Kit uh, was deprecated. I think was it in ten point nine? It was deprecated. Um, Mavericks, uh -huh. but even though that was only what released in September, you are no longer allowed to submit a Mac app to the App Store with QT Kit in it. I did not um, know that. Uh, I think I'm getting these facts right. So he was in the sort of 
dilemma, I guess you want to put it, that, you know, a lot of the stuff... Now, obviously, we've known for a number of years that AV Foundation is going to replace QT Kit, and it's been on that journey. Um, but Drew, in his application, was supporting... I can't remember, you know, 10.6, 10.7, something like that in his application. And now to replace that functionality in his application uh, using AV Foundation, he would have to make the immediate leap to uh, 10.9 um, with his next release. And so he, he was struggling with, does he does he take the latest release of AV Foundation and jump to 10.9? Does he now have to go and write video players and video viewers uh, for himself? Um, to do it, which is which is an interesting conversation in its own right. But I, I, if these facts are correct, and we could be talking absolute waffle here, John, because I could have totally misunderstood it. Yeah, you know, that seems quite strange to me that something that was only deprecated in ten point nine, and even if I'm wrong, it was deprecated in ten point eight, um, which is still only one release back from the current release. To have it not be allowed to be in a submission now seems that seems quite quick. Uh, one might say draconian, but I think Apple's position has, has become pretty clear. This that they're giving away the OS for free, and they're you know, and they're they're de- demonstrating to us third party developers that that there's quick uptake. Um, I, I I can't really I'm, I'd say I'm not surprised, and I can't. It's hard to say if I'm really disappointed. I mean, I think the other thing too is is you know. If you're trying to develop, if you're trying to, to support users who are on hardware that's so old, that's what's really present, prevents them from updating. It's not, you know, if the reason they're not updating is like, I can't be bothered. Well, you know, maybe they're not your customers. If, if they're running on hardware because they're at a university or something that, that's old, you're probably going to have a hard time supporting them in, in, generally anyway. So if you've shipped a product that was, you know, just because just because something is deprecated and just because Apple comes out with a new feature doesn't mean that all of a sudden the software that they had been using, knowing and loving, stops working. So, And I think that, that Apple has made it possible on iOS, I know they have, uh, that if you have an app that, that runs on iOS 6 and, and, and you're in the App Store, you have the ability of offering the older version to people who are on the older uh, OS. And perhaps they've done something similar with, with, with the Mac App Store. I, I don't know. Um, okay, I need to cut myself. He didn't tweet that it was QTK. He, he tweeted that it was the QuickTime API, ah. which I accept that there, there, there oh, are differences that's ancient. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, so, right. but, but again, I think the point is, so, okay, um, uh, although, I mean, QT, QT Kit works on that, so maybe he, 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 he was. But the point is, his point was, he can't remember there being any announcement about this. And I agree, not that I would necessarily be following that, but, you know, the, this sort of seemed to, he was just trying to submit an app, and it sort of said, well, you're using a deprecated API we no longer support, um, and he can't remember seeing anything about it. And now you, Drew is the type of guy who's pretty diligent at knowing what his apps can and can't do. So, I mean, obviously he could have missed it, but that, you know, I just find it, you know, a little bit surprising. Ah, uh, Apple is definitely tight. I mean, every, everybody was concerned that with the arrival of the app store and sandbox and all these different things, Apple is going to come tighter and tighter. And I, I think it's pretty clear that, that they are, um, yeah. So welcome to the wild, wide, wide, wild new world. So at NS Conference, there was a talk by um, Paul Kim, who produces Hazel, huh? uh, who basically said um, for him to have produced his app in the App Store would have been such a compromise of what the app did that he chose to stay outside the App Store. And his whole argument was, you can make a living outside the App Store. Um do you think we're going to see a case anywhere that, you know, if Apple keep doing this sort of thing, that people are going to start pulling 
back to doing stuff outside the app store or uh, do you think really those days are over it's app store no, just live with no. it no i think that i think that i think i was one of the more interesting talks at, at ns conference and i think that uh you know people who need and want to buy apps will will do so and and so I think that you'll probably see more because it, it, it there'll be more and more cases of, of people wanting to do clever things that Apple will think it you know for in in the way that we understand the best interests of our users you know here's the environment that we want to give for them they can't they really can't completely lock down the Mac otherwise it's not going to be Mac OS anymore um, so so long as it's possible to do that you should feel free and 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 you know don't don't believe don't believe in any way that that being on the app store gives you anything other than a convenient way to install your app so if 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 you know if you can if you can if you're able to spend the time to make your installation experience and your upgrade experience smooth which is certainly possible to do and you make your your purchasing experience i mean you know with stripe for example if you can possibly use stripe you can do in-app purchase you can do things that are very very slick and smooth it's not you know it's not like the bad old days where you had to screw people off to a website to use paypal or cobble down something together you know you can make something that 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 ha gives the end user a smooth experience yeah and i think that you know, the, the only issue is going to come down to, to, you know, the default setting is, you know, you should only install apps that come from the Mac App Store, so then you have that support issue. But I just still think that, that, that people who are buying new Macs, people who are buying desktop computers, laptop computers in one, say, versus mobile devices, have to have some minimum level of, of, of sophistication that they can do these things. And as, as Paul pointed out, there are a lot of Macs out there. I mean, it's, it's, we used to dream about having, you know, tenths of, 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 of the numbers that Apple has been producing each quarter. So, you know, make your damn app. Make the app that you want to do and find a way to get in touch with your users. There's enough of them out there. End of story. Yeah, I think that's super. I mean, there are, there are a lot of companies out there who've said going to Mac App Store has definitely increased their sales. Um, for some of them, quite significantly. One one company I did speak to last year, um, I'm not sure if they were saying this in a way that was publicly repeatable or not, so I won't mention who it was. Basically, they were, you know, a well-known company with already a well-established product said, you know, their sales um, tripled through the Mac App Store to what they were doing outside. And this was already a company that we would consider reasonably well-known. Um, you know, but that doesn't mean there's not enough sales outside to make to make it work, especially if you can make your app do something that no one else is in the App Store is going to be doing it. All right. And, you know, the argument is, well, Apple sells your app for you, but, you know, the oh, Mac yeah. App Store will eventually become more like the iOS Store, as in the fact that, you know, it, it works a little bit better right now because there are less apps in there, but that's only going to grow. And, you know, so you've got to market your own app. So once people find it, um, I guess there's always going to be some people who won't give you a credit card number, but they will pay it through the App Store. But that's, you know, uh, you know, what percentage that is, I don't know if we have any evidence or proof. But uh, yeah, I'd agree with you, John. Write the app you want to write and then sell it in the most convenient ways you can sell it without compromising it. Now, obviously, if it's small features you have to compromise, maybe that's worth it. If it's, you know, the, the core fundamental of the app, then uh, I'm not sure it is. Yep. Okay, then just to, uh, we'll put a link, by the way, in the show notes to the Twitter conversation that went on um, around that. I've just had a quick look at it again. And yeah, it is saying that the um, QuickTime API is deprecated, no longer acceptable. But Drew was using QTKit, which obviously is using the API. Um, a couple of people have pointed out to him that they felt QTKit was only ever put out as a temporary measure um, to allow the use of QuickTime for a little longer. 
Um, they said a temporary measure like carbon. Well, carbon has been around a lot longer than QT kit kit has been, but there we are. That's a different issue. We'll put the link in the show notes for that. If you have any opinions, please, um, you know, drop us an email, scotty at uh, ideveloper.co, and, um, you know, we'll maybe add to the discussion. Uh, One last thing this week, John, more of an announcement than anything else, that um, by the time this show goes out, all of the videos... Uh, from NS Conference 1 through to NS Conference 5 will be free on Vimeo. Nice. So um, uh, so we're, we're, we're still processing stuff from NS Conference 6, so nothing to say there yet. So hopefully we're not too far away. Um, but uh, anybody who's never caught up with them and seen them, if you um, check over to Vimeo and search for NS Conference, or if you go to the NS Conference website, nsconference.com, the videos are also all listed there. There's been a few people who've been really keen to catch up with a number of the talks from last year, especially Michael Jurowitz's talk on App Store pricing. Um, by the time you listen to this, it's all there. So go and take a look. Yay. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think we've actually talked some quite relevant developer stuff today. It um, makes a change. I know. Wow. <laughs> we are developers, so anything we talk about is developer stuff. Life is um, development. Development is yeah. life. Oh, there we are. That's the title of the show today. <laughs> life is Development, Development is Life by Guru Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Swami. Well, when, when, you're, when you're, um, all your disciples wish to uh, come and pay homage, John, where should they do that on the internet? Well, they should, they should send me flowers via Twitter to Djembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum, and they should come find me on Findery, where I'm John Fox, and they can have a delightful time exploring the world about them. And they can find about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. You've got so slick at that, John. That's really I. I get more and more impressed each week. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 like you really know yourself. It's it's <laughs> really cool. That's what happens when you take my course. Development is life. Life is development. <laughs> <laughs> Just nine hundred and ninety nine dollars payable in four easy installments. Okay. <laughs> my, my name is Scotty. Um, you can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. I'm on ADN as Scotty. Um, you can find the show notes for this show at iDeveloper.co. Um, this has been the iDeveloper podcast, episode 109, Nine. I think. Yeah, I think we're at 109. Um, we're chugging away slowly, John. We're chugging away slowly. Um, thank you very much for everyone for listening. Hopefully the audio is a little better this week than it was last week. I think I, um, was talking very closely into my, uh, microphone on its nice expensive boom stand and spider mount and... Um, pop shield while recording off of the internal mic on my MacBook Air. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a pro at this stuff. Yes, you are. You're a pro <laughs> and you just don't know. There we are. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, we'd love some feedback on iTunes, iTunes reviews. Um, if you love us, go there and tell us. If you don't, then we prefer you send an email, to be honest, because that's the way it's supposed to be done. Um, right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, you take care.